everyone welcome um to our podcast episode two we think um yes at forward uk uh, my name is elise and i'm yelle and this week we are going to discuss Meghan markle and what it means to be a citizen so let's get into it i feel like british culture yeah british traditionalism whatever you want to call it is extremely racist like <laughs> I don't think people British people see colour in their traditions and I think that if if coloured people if black people you know minority people take up space in those traditions I think they no longer become their traditions and they think it's like a betrayal of tradition and culture so I think like that was yeah. a big reason why like Meghan Markle for some like loads of people had a feeling about her do you know what I mean like the nothing that they can really pinpoint to but just like oh she's trash and all this whenever you try to confront people to try and make them expand on what exactly is they don't like about her there's never really there is a reason but they don't want to say the particular reason and it's because of they try to change it into different ways like oh I just don't like her attitude with this I don't like the fact that she's not wearing this I feel like she's going against this and that and it's just like if you actually look at it a lot of the things that Megan has done Kate has probably done the same thing I mean I was looking at an article online where um I think it was BuzzFeed or some other company was comparing um the treatment of Megan compared to the treatment of Kate and mm-hmm. you can just see a clear difference because they can do the exact same thing and the British media will still slander them. Yeah. Will still slander Megan. you know? I mean, yeah. 100%. And doesn't it feel like, doesn't that feel like so familiar to you as a black woman? Like, oh, there's just something about her I don't like. Like anything you do comes off in an aggressive way and stuff like that. Like or when people... Yeah certain people they have a feeling about you or they um you might have completely innocent actions which are interpreted as you know aggressive or hostile or they have a feeling or you, do you know what I mean like yeah I think it definitely sure. points to something wider I mean I've got a few examples of what I was um suggesting earlier on like there's one Daily Mail headline where Kate is pregnant with um I don't really know which one which kid this one is now but (laughs) she's pregnant (laughs) with her baby and the headline is pregnant Kate tenderly cradles her baby bump while wrapping up her royal duties ahead of maternity leave and William confirms she's due any minute and then with Meghan Markle it's why can't Meghan Markle keep her hands off her bump experts tackle the question that has the nation talking is it pride acting or a new age bonding technique and it's just like it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous this is somebody who is a first-time mother not just a first-time mother but a first-time mother within the public like everything that she's going through is within the public eye yeah and they just keep on going at her with things that Kate has done and it's like and when you try to explain it to people they they don't see the racist exactly. undertones and it really is and like I, I like I think you highlighted a really good point like with something that I've noticed is like fem like being feminine isn't is something that's more often afforded to white women like yeah tenderly you know caressing her baby bump why isn't that same sort of feminine you know description afforded to Meghan Markle why is it seen as hostile do you know what I mean whereas and like I, I think this, that sort of points to the wider issue as well like why you know loads of headlines about Kate are much more sympathetic and much more oh but she's you know such a feminine little flower and th- there is no none of that um, sympathy or empathy for Meghan because w- I think we both know that black women are more often perceived as strong and more able to take things than white women. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's built into, into society that black women aren't women. It's unfortunate mm. because 
what I it's what I discuss a lot in my discussions about what's going on with America and the Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter movement is that a lot of the time, even though we are citizens of this country as Black British women, we're still not considered citizens in the eyes yeah. of the law and in the eyes of the people who are meant to protect and serve and look after us. Mm-hmm. And so trying to, we're trying to, so we're now existing in a place that doesn't consider us citizens, let alone human, let alone women. Mm. And that's 100%. something that black, we as black women particularly have to navigate. And yeah. it's just this we see it in what do you call it it's the same thing that's replicated if not in media but in medicine in the healthcare system mm-hmm. whereby we see women who die at unacceptable high rates during pregnancy because yeah. doctors and doctors believe that black women can tolerate pain they've, they've got this pre they've got their own assumptions that we're stronger than we than than we are yeah and so they don't give us the medicines. They don't give us the morphine. They don't give us anything. They don't look after us the way they would our white counterparts because they've got this unfounded belief that we can tolerate the pain, but that we can tolerate whatever it is we're going through. Mm. And so I, I think I, it's, I think yeah. that is a really important point. Like that, this also feeds into so many other issues. Like, and I remember with, with this um, with this issue when it was brought into the public eye, and they were discussing it on the news, and like. Um, news sites, news uh, Twitter accounts were posting like um, the information about how black women are much more likely to die in childbirth, etc. And even even when the information is there and presented, all of the comments under were <laughs> were essentially saying, "Are oh, you trying to say that the NHS is racist? The NHS is not racist." Britain is no one. Fo- none of these people were focusing on the issue at hand, but. just trying to focus on the fact that we are not racist and it just and that's what i mean about you know british racism and the gaslighting that that really goes into it like it's absolutely ridiculous it is it what you said about gaslighting is very very important because i feel this is how i consider the differences if you like between britain and america Mm -hmm. because america sees color it sees that you are black and it treats you differently and you know that you're treated differently because you are black whereas in britain it tells you we don't see color but you know you're being treated differently because of your color but when you're living in a society that is adamant that it doesn't see color and that all is fair and equal then that that messes with your mind a lot more it's emotional gaslighting with america Mm -hmm. it's more upfront it's to your face it's brutal whereas with britain it tries to hide behind british politeness and it's very frustrating and i can imagine not just for megan but for a lot of black women who live in britain and occupy all sorts of industries whether it's healthcare media anything yeah 100 percent. it is extremely exhausting talking about race in britain because there is a lot of denial and when there's so much denial you can never really get to the root of an issue like going back to the pregnant uh, black women who are more likely to die you know people from what i noticed th- there was a sort of there was a sort of view that it must be something inherent in black women why they're more likely to die like oh it's but it's that it's their blackness which makes them more likely to die. There must be something that they're they're more, um, I guess, susceptible to because they're black, as opposed to thinking, oh, maybe there are social factors which feed into this, you know? So it really um, stops us from addressing anything when you can't even acknowledge that the issue exists in the first place. Exactly. Uh, I think also part, like a big part of it is like, British society, as far as I can tell, never wants to put themselves in the position of a villain. So yeah. when, like, we can talk about the world wars because, you know, I, pre- I think on pretty objective terms, you know, we can believe that we were the good guys in that, you know? But yeah, w- when we're talking about colonialism and stuff, British people were the villains. And I think that's why there's such, like ignorance about it and why I guess maybe there isn't a market for it uh, in film and TV because British people don't want to see themselves as as the villains or see uh, Britain as a, a, a colonial villain in history 
but it definitely surfaces in society in the way that we talk about race for sure I think what you said about Britain not wanting to see itself as a villain is very important because even if we were to consider again just bringing up America we forget that the first Americans were from Britain Mm -hmm. and so even whenever we're even able to have a discussion about race or racial history it's always about the civil rights movement in America not knowing that all these racist ideas and racist ideologies that have been affluent in America all stemmed from Britain 100% It it wasn't just a thing that um, Americans sprung up in the United States and decided, oh, we're going to be racist, we're going to have this entire slave trade, we're going to have Jim Crow, and we're going to have mm. police brutality, all of that. These were all systems that were all founded first in Britain. Yeah. And I think for so long, even whenever we're able to discuss race, it always puts it as an American thing. Whenever mm. our kids or whenever we as children are taught about race, it's always about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in America. Britain yes. Admitting that it has a role to play. Yeah. And it, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah. I mean, Britain did a good job at exporting racism throughout the world and they're taking no responsibility whatsoever. It's actually, it's masterful. <laughs> right? Of all the things, they literally imported everything. They stole everything from every. <laughs> and the one thing they could give to everybody else is racism it's it's absolutely crazy can you imagine so but it's about time that britain has a discussion on race it's about time yeah 100 percent. i'm glad you know we're talking about race now in the uk i mean i know we've got a long 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 way to go but no one can close their eyes to it anymore we're in your face about it talking about it um and i think that's a great that's a great element of like an international movement you can't ignore it because it's happening throughout the world um yeah but I, I mean there is still huge bouts of ignorance I mean when we talk about for example high profile black women like Diane Abbott for example who receives half of all the hate mail that uh, that is received by female parliamentarians do you not think that is an absolutely wild statistic like it's I, absolutely wild but again as I said unsurprising because mm-hmm. ish, Britain has an issue with women of color people of color who are women in power that yeah. an issue I don't see how any British person when they read that statistic they can ever deny that racism is a problem in this country or that you know misogynoir is a is a problem in this country I don't understand it at all let me ask you something yeah do you think that Meghan Markle's treatment is an extension of the overall trend and like the build-up of the hostile environment in particular yes I think I think it is it has everything to do with what I said about British people not being able to not being able to see a person of colour in such a powerful position, especially if they are women. But Mm -hmm. I think also what it extends to is, and I think it it applies to a lot of countries as well, the US in particular, is that Britain has a problem identifying with black people. Yes. And I say that because as black people, we're able to identify with Britain. We're able to call ourselves black British. If we see a show like EastEnders, for example, we're able to relate to the white counterparts, mm-hmm. for example, with, black, with white British people, they're unable to see themselves, see their stories, see their emotions, see every, every part that makes a person in us. And that's where the disparity is, is yeah. that if Meg was a white woman, they would have been able to better identify with her, even if she wasn't British, if she was American or Australian or New Zealand, they still would have been able to see themselves yes. in her. They would have been white. But Britain also has an issue with seeing themselves in black people. That's mm. why we see whenever we can ask any person, any black person who tries to write a film or a book or anything or puts out anything in that requires a visual outlet, ten, nine times out of ten, people will tell that person that it's going to be unsuccessful because they mm-hmm. need the job population to be able to relate and the only way that 
white British people are able to relate is if they see somebody white looking back at them. So that's another issue, I think, that it's an extension of a lot of things, an issue with seeing people in power and an issue with not being able to identify yourself in a black person. And it's terrible. That is such a good point, Yelay, because like I was, that reminds, you know, um, I May Destroy You. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, it's about black British people, right? If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's a great show, but it's very triggering. But anyway, I was reading a review the other day. Who was it by? It was by a white woman. I think it's Alison Pearson. And she made a comment and I just thought, well, like she said, like, oh, this isn't just a show full of black people. It's a show full of people. And that was in her review. And I just thought, wow, <laughs> this is the black British experience that they're trying to convey. And like the as you were saying, the only way you can identify with someone is if they're white, because the fact that you you thought to, <laughs> you thought to reduce them just to people because seeing their race would take away from it from you would take take away the appeal of watching it. I think yeah. says everything. And I think, I think great. I think a great example, another great example of that is with the Black Panther film, mm-hmm. like comics out there I think for a long time people forget that there were people who are black and are a fan of the Marvel comics like myself mm-hmm. and we've had to try and see ourselves in Iron Man and in Spider-Man and in Captain America and all sorts but when it came to putting forward Black Panther right before it got released there was a lot of setbacks because there was this idea that it won't work, it won't hit because people won't be able to see themselves in the black experience. Yes. And that's a great example of how of how people of how in particular white people just keep like they're just unable to see themselves in black experiences, in black stories. And so for a long time the film kept on getting pushed back because it was hard to imagine that a white boy from Essex is going to be able to identify with the stories of Black Panther when if you take away, okay, look at it outside of culture, outside of Africa and outside of this futuristic style of an African country and just look at it as somebody who's trying to prove himself to be worth leading a group of people. Mm. Are those not the same qualities you'd want your boy from Essex to have those leadership skills, the passion? Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot Mm. of things are relatable black stories black lives black joy black everything is relatable to every single person on this planet but britain just has an issue with seeing that 100 percent. and when you think about it yeah with like i'm sorry but these are superhero films like i don't understand how you can relate to captain america who's i can't remember what his power is yet but say he's flying about the place that is unrealistic. But if Captain America is now black, all of a sudden it's too unrealistic for you. Do you know what I mean? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's, such, it's such a stupid example, but it gets it gets the point across. Mm-hmm. To, it sounds something that it seems like something that's so surface level. But if imagine as children you're being taught that, like, say, let me give a generic name of Jack, who's a white. 10 year old boy in Essex is being taught that he can't see himself in himself in Black Panther what does mm. that tell him when he meets other black people across all aspects of his life wow that is that is a really good extension of that so that's what we're seeing now with Meghan Markle and with yeah. a lot of black women in power is that we don't see ourselves we don't when we see politicians like Diana Diana Abbott a lot for some white people they're unable to vote for her because they're unable to see themselves in her Mm. they think that what who she is is just a representative for black people rather than a representative of the policies that they might even agree to or believe in that is such a good point that is a really good point when you can't relate to a black person you can't see them outside of anything but race and I think that that whole this whole conversation also extends to citizenship you know like we've had in this hostile environment We've had so many scandals, you know, and different ways that black people have been, or just ethnic minorities have been, you know, denied citizenship and and othered in this country when they shouldn't have been and on no other basis but race. And for me, um, that really drives the point home that British people can't identify 
with a black person and they can't relate to a black person if they're black no no matter how you know british they might be um, right it is it's it's depressing and it's this idea that in in order to be like it's something that my mum has told me as well is that whenever you do anything successful and you happen to be black british that's when you get elevated in terms of your citizenship to become mm-hmm. british but if you ever do anything that goes again, that's bad or goes horrible in the public sphere you're automatically that black person from nigeria yeah Oshun state elisha street like you get you, you they must find the same thing that happened with President Obama, whenever anything, whenever he did anything negative in the public atmosphere, it was mm-hmm. almost like, oh, that's something that Kenyans do. It must be something from his father's side way back in this village of so and so and so. But yeah. whenever he did anything successful, it's like what it means to be an American president today. Ten things to look out for with President Barack Obama. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's crazy. And I think um, a really good example of that as well is with British, like black British athletes, for example, you want to claim them for the Olympics now. But when, for example, I don't know, they have a tattoo that you don't like, all of a sudden it's, you know, they're from this place, that place, the other place. We're not claiming Ooh. them anymore in the headlines. Um, yes. So, I yeah. Think, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So I was just going to say, like, so I, I really do agree with the fact that when you are doing well, then you're British to an extent. Not 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 all the way, but to an extent, you'll be claimed. But when you do, you do something bad, all of a sudden you're not. And I think this this kind of thing really extends to, for example, Shemima Beg- Begum and the Jamaica 50. Because Shemima Begum was born here, you know? <laughs> she was born here. <laughs> I know she's not black, but she she's not white. And that, that makes her other other in this country. Um I mean Listen, this is no endorsement of, you know, running off and joining ISIS. But at the end of the day, the girl was born here. How how can you make someone stateless? And to be honest, to, I read a tweet, this was a few years ago, about this um, Shemima Begum thing. And it was from, from someone in Syria or someone who was Syrian. And they said, why would Shemima Begum be our responsibility? Why? Why are you leaving her with us? She's not from our country. She's not from here. Why would you leave her here? And I think that is a really good reflection of of the otherness in citizenship. I mean, because it's true. You can't um, wash off the responsibility of someone that was born and raised here and then commits a crime. It doesn't make sense. And the same goes for, you know, the Jamaica 50. I know that they weren't born here, but they committed crimes they were punished, they served their time, and then they were deported. That makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. I mean... I I think it's part of Britain doing what it's been doing for thousands of of years now. It's rewriting its own history. Mm -hmm. It wants to be... And it's got its own idea of how it wants to be seen, how it wants to be presented, how British people should be. And so it's just a matter of rewriting history to reflect to ref, to best reflect how they want how they want it to be studied or seen yeah like if not if not for the media for example with things like if not for the media reporting things of in various injustices that occurs in Britain today like with the Shamna Begum story or with Dan Abbott do you think we would know this do you think would we wouldn't we wouldn't have heard anything about yeah. these it's a matter of rewriting the history and so deleting a person or like they do in films of world wars deleting an entire population of west africans indians chinese people who contributed to british history because they it Mm. doesn't mold it doesn't fit how they want a british person to be seen a hundred percent i mean like with with, for example, the Jamaica 50, like people say, oh, no, it's because they were criminals. That You know, they're immigrants who are criminals. They deserve to be deported. Does this apply to, you know, people from white majority countries who come here? I mean, Jeremy Corbyn commented on it and said, why is it one rule for black boys from the Caribbean and another 
for white boys from the United States. And it's a good point. Would would a um, a white boy from the United States who commits a crime be be first of all sent to jail for however many years and then deported afterwards? It doesn't make sense that there's this like rule of like double punishment for just black immigrants. That's that's the inconsistency here. Or for yeah. non white immigrants. It's- that double punishment, it works in a way whereby you're punished for the crime you committed and then you're punished because of the colour of your skin. Yes, that's, 100%. That's a major issue. And, like, I, what do you think about the Shemima Begum thing? Because I do know black people who, who believe that she should be should have been deported. I mean... I feel as part of the... As part of human rights in general... Nobody should be allowed to be stateless. Yeah. Nobody. It's against international law to be stateless. Mm. That's what I think about it. I think you punish some if someone does something bad, you punish them according to this to the country of which they are a citizen in. Yeah. You don't strip them of their citizenship and then punish them after. Do you get what I mean? Like you can't of being stateless and expect another country to do the punishment for you. Mm. No, if someone commits a crime and they're a citizen of your country, you have to punish them according to the laws of that particular country. Yeah, 100%. And I know people, you know, say, oh, but she's a danger to society and blah, 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 blah. No one's denying that, but we have many British citizens who are a danger to society. Why would you not go through the proper channels? I mean, we can debate on the proper channels another time, but... Why would you not go through the proper channels, you know, to to punish that person? It doesn't quite make sense to me that there's this um, contradiction. You know, we have yeah. British terrorists. There are British terrorists, and other, you know. So what happens what to we, them? Are they all stripped of their citizenship? No, they're not. So why wouldn't you deal with them in the usual way that you deal with with British yeah. terrorists? Because that's the thing, that's one thing I want to get across so that listeners understand. We are no way, in no way, shape or form endorsing any kind of violent, terrorist, harmful to society, to other individuals kind of behaviour. What we're saying is that when it comes to double punishment, that should not be the case. If someone does something bad, if somebody commits a crime, you punish them on the basis of the crime that they have committed, not on that crime and on top of that, the colour of their skin. That Mm. is racism and that is wrong. 100%. And with Shamima Begum, for example... There is a conversation to be had about grooming. I mean, I haven't read too much into this, but I have seen quite a few people comment on it. I mean, what was she, 15 when she went? Um, Yeah. It's a sticky one because, you know, at, at the time she was a child and children are impressionable. Um. And I don't know what she was exposed to on the internet, online, but I do know about many instances of sexual grooming where, you know, girls have gone to meet these men and young girls, underage girls, have gone to meet these men and, you know, been convinced that they've fallen in love with them. And, you know, no matter how much, you know, you try to um, remove them from these dangerous situations, they'll, they'll fight you on it, et cetera. And, I think that is something that that could also be applied to this situation with grooming. If if that's you know if that's the result in sexual grooming uh, cases um, where girls have been so convinced that this is the right situation for them and this isn't isn't a dangerous situation for them, why can't we apply that same sort of logic to the Shemima Beg- Begum case? Because at the end of the day, she wasn't an adult. I'm not saying that she shouldn't face consequences for action actions. I think. Uh, in this country, when you're over the age of 11, you can be prosecuted as an adult. So I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that she's not responsible. I'm just saying yeah. that she, she's more yeah. impress- impressionable than I am at 22. I think we can I acknowledge think, that. I think with her, because what I don't want us to do is inadvertently try to rationalise her behaviour, because I'm of the opinion that 15 has grown enough to know not mm. to go running off and join in any sort of a terrorist group but I think it, what it should come back to in terms of black British identity 
in the UK is that the extra, the extra factors that affect how we live, work and operate in this society are never taken into account. I think that's mm-hmm. something we can mind is that we don't consider the outside forces that could have that can affect a black or person of color living in Britain. Yeah. Whereas with um, white counterparts, we're more likely to see, oh, um, maybe her parents got divorced when she was younger. Mm. Oh, maybe her pet fish died at this age. And it was <laughs> oh, maybe so and so and so happened. But with black people in living in Britain, with people of colour living in Britain, we're not awarded the same, the same level of compassion. We're not listened to. We're not afforded the same, the same amount of minutes mm. in a conversation, like learn and understand and listen to all the different things that could have been that could have affected how you were operating or yeah. how you operate in society. And I think that's something, if one that can be learned from her story, is that how much is, is Britain willing to actually listen and understand the cultural, the social, economic factors that can affect a person of colour and affect the choices that they make as they try to navigate their cultural identity in addition mm. to a British one. Yeah. Uh, and I think that also plays into into this discussion we were having about education on race. I, I don't think it's something to to be considered because by the wider British public because we don't talk about race at all. So talk about it at all. Yeah, and I mean this is even like there is like I was saying earlier there was there are so many instances of this. Like we we started off talking about Meghan Markle. Now we're talking about Shemima Began, the Jamaica 50, even the, the Windrush scandal, you know, is just another example of how citizenship is not afforded to black people, even when they have a right to it. You know, or should I say non, non-white non people? Because I think this also applies to Shemima Begum, you know, who was born here. And I th- to me, it's, it's actually quite um, crazy that you can strip someone's citizenship when they're born here, under what pretense, you know? But... Um, I think we keep talking about citizenship. Let me ask you, what does it mean to be a citizen? Oh my gosh. Yeah, like I couldn't even answer that question, you know, because the like I thought that I had quite a good idea of citizenship before this hostile environment. I thought I had a good idea of it, but when I saw, you know, people who have been living here, paying taxes, working, you know, contributing to this country, to society for their entire lives for 50 years, people who, who were invited to this country being deported and dying as a result of that, um, that completely changed what citizen what citizenship is meant to mean for me. I mean, I think I was say I was having this conversation with some black people a couple of years ago, and I was essentially saying, listen, they can no, none of us are safe. You know, like, and I, I know a lot of people have this thing where they say, listen, just behave yourself and, you know, you, you, you'll you be fine. But the Windrush generation, they behave themselves. They, not, they weren't deported because of a crime, for example, like the Jamaica 50 were. They were deported just on the basis of the fact that, I don't know, I don't know, they're, they're black. <laughs> that must be the only reason. Shemima Begum, she committed a crime, but she was born here and she was deported. And and she was not deported, stripped of her citizenship right. that she had a right to. Windrush yeah. generation stripped of their citizenship that they had a right to. So yeah. to like, me, I don't know. Yeah. It's almost like citizenship is afforded to like Britain says, all is welcome. You're welcome to come and be a citizen of us. But it's, but then they've got little terms of terms and conditions. That's like if I don't like the way you act in this certain thing, you get deported and revoked mm-hmm. of your citizenship. If you act in a way that like it's just like there's all this there's this idea of who has the right to be a citizenship, and Britain in its own pretense tries to say that everybody has a right to citizenship. But does everybody really have a right to citizenship when people are treated differently? Yeah. And, and when, when they're punished differently as well. And when that, that that punishment can include removal of that citizenship only in instances where the person is black 
then we exactly. really need to look at what citizenship means. What it, What is it? Exactly. Especially when you want to punish somebody. Sorry if it's what you might have said already. But when you want to punish somebody, but mm. you're no longer punishing them based on the laws in which they're a citizen in, you're punishing them just because of the colour of their skin. Mm. Citizenship is no longer a part of that. They're no longer punished as a black British person or a person of colour living in Hull or York or wherever the place, they're now being punished as somebody who is black and has had the audacity to come and try being a citizen in a place that that never considered them that to begin yeah. with. Yeah, 100%. Because I know I would say, like, you know, I didn't, I thought I knew what citizenship was before hostile environment, but this goes all the way back. I was, um, I was watching a documentary the other day about the Windrush scandal. Um, it's called The Unwanted, Secrets of the Windrush Scandal. If you haven't watched it, watch it, because it's very eye-opening. And, you know, with this whole, with the scandal, the normal rhetoric was, you know, they were invited here, you know, we asked them to come here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm watching this documentary now, and they essentially said, you know, the British Nationality, Nationality Act allowed all commonwealth citizens to move between the countries but it was never intended for people from you know the former colonies the commonwealth to come over here that was never its intention and no no one ever expected it It was actually so that you know there could be more ease of movement before between the uk the usa and canada so when you know there was this (laughs) when the empire windrush was on its way um emergency meetings were held in government they considered diverting the boat to East Africa. They were panicking. They did not want them to come here at all. I mean, they made it, but they didn't want them here at all in government, in the highest forms of government. So for me, I, I, yes, it, this is all part of the hostile environment, but I think we also need to acknowledge that this is a much um, older trend. <laughs> this, is, this is ingrained in the culture of British society and British citizenship and that yeah. idea. Uh, it's it's depressing. It's very depressing. <laughs> very depressing. I think, and it's something that it's something that we all people of color, persons of color, I think, share is that we know that we are, if we are citizens, we know that we are citizens of this country, and it's always, but yeah, it's always in the back of our mind that we have to behave in a particular way, mm. so as yeah. to not have get discarded it's the same way when you pick up the phone and you automatically start speaking like you're Jane Elliot from <laughs> or you want to apply for a job interview and that West African name that your mother gave you that means so much when it comes to the culture mm. you start going looking for the white Christian name amongst yeah. it in order to be even given an interview mm-hmm. until they with your afro and all and they and then you get told that oh sorry you're just not the right fit even though you fit every single criteria so that true. they have you know we see it's what we see in companies and the marketing and the human resources sector mm. as well is this idea of everybody seems to have an idea of what it means to be british of what it means to be a citizen and what it means to be black British but this idea that they can all be the same thing is just lost on a lot of people yeah and and I think you raised such important points there about you know making yourself appear whiter to the general public to be received better like you know when I go to job interviews for example I straighten my hair you know when I'm doing a job application I I put white on the diversity monitoring bit (laughs) (laughs) because I'm not trying to be discriminated (laughs) so I think like you raised such an important point about like what the ideal British citizen is and it most certainly is white and what and also I think that also extends to this sort of professionalism you know and and civil civility you know I think the civil professional professional citizen is white and the unprofessional um uncivil non-citizen is you know someone with an afro you know and um we try to change ourselves to present ourselves as more as a citizen it's it's ridiculous 
if we try to present, we already, society, when we walk out the door, they already know that we're black, but they don't know that we're, they don't know if we're a citizen yet. And so you almost have to appease yourself and like change yourself in order for them to understand, oh, she's black, but she's British. She's not black and African visiting for a couple of days or something like that. They want, they want to know that once they, once you appease to them that you are a citizen, it's almost like they can get more comfortable yeah which is just ridiculous it's the same way if you want to i'll know about you but if you want to go and have lunch and bring food from home you have to double check if you want to bring a leftover jollof rice and chicken that your mum made the other day (laughs) and some (laughs) some dry tuna mayo (laughs) and juice when we just want that jollof rice and malt but you're trying to appease you're trying to show oh no i didn't just hop off the train from africa i'm I'm british it's it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous or when they ask me who's your favorite who's your favorite artist and you always have to that oh yeah the beatles were definitely (laughs) from where oh yeah i'm like that Like, oh yeah, I love to, like. Don't get me wrong, I love take that. Like Gar- Gary Barlow, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But it's like you always have to change yourself to fit into this. You have to force yourself into white identity because white identity now equals citizenship, mm. which is it's crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. And that's what they wanted, going back to Meghan Markle. That's what they wanted her to do. Mm. but there was something she could have done right that's the thing like I I didn't see anything she did she did badly or you know I mean you brought up the the instance of them both holding their baby bumps I don't think she ever could have you know fitted that mold because at the end of the day her 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 blackness and she was oh my gosh like she wasn't even you know fully black she's mixed race and that even that was not a diluted enough version you know, for them to fit into that mould of, of, of whiteness, even when she was half white yeah. herself. It's because, again, they have, going back to what I said in the first few minutes, Britain has this idea of what their culture is, and the culture is rooted is coloniality, patriarchy and power. Mm. And the idea that somebody who was supposed to assume a subservient role or would have assumed a submissive role a hundred a couple hundred years ago is now in this large position of power within the British royal family of all Mm. things personal attack to them and I think for them they believe that it's this idea that she did it she I can't I can't even pinpoint one thing that she ever did wrong it's just that her black was enough to speak for her I was just saying that before she'd even had a conversation with a lot of these people who are writing the media articles about her that are slandering her name, they don't, they're not even willing to have a conversation because her blackness already speaks for her, mm-hmm. or at least that's belief. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, with this whole view that she's some sort of rebel and, you know, she's disrespectful to the monarchy and the queen and blah, 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 blah. I mean... I think a lot of a lot of people cite, for example, her, you know, suing the newspapers and stuff, which which happened as a result of the racist, you know, abuse that she got. So it doesn't quite make sense to me. And like, I, you know what? Do you know what I find to be so so mad? Right? Well, they hounded her with racist abuse to the point that she fled the country and left the monarchy. Why is Prince Andrew still here? Why has he? <laughs> no, don't stop. Don't stop. I cannot. I actually cannot. It, that is such an injustice. Like that just speaks well, to the levels of racism. Yeah, when you let you're him the table, you're shaking the table. <laughs> you are shaking the table. Wow. Yes, so true, so true. It's also got to do with, it's got to, it's got so much, the more I think about it, the more I understand other depths of why Britain just has an issue with Black British or just Black people, people of colour in general. 
they wanted somebody who was going to be a yes girl. They wanted somebody who was going to change her entire identity into and change it to appease white to appease the culture of Britain, which is that white is good and anything other is too strong, is too assertive, is too harsh, is too this, is too that. Yeah. And because because I think I think we can't I feel like it's yes, it's got to do with her being black, but it's also got to do with her being American as well, a little bit as well, yeah. in the sense that it's almost anti monarchy and they have I I don't know. People just have an issue. No, I, I do. They- I do agree that there was an issue. There was a element of I, I'm, I'm. I do think there was an element of the Americanness, but I don't think that was so much an issue. Yeah. As her, no. as her being an actress, I think her coming from Hollywood, people absolutely hated that because that is sort of the that sort of antithetical to monarchy and oh, I'm a royal sort of thing, and being a Hollywood you know um celebrity and yeah but i remember when what you call it when it was announced that william and kate were going to get engaged that this story came out about her doing a lingerie catwalk in her university that she went to prince andrew and people the amount of slander she got for that was not nearly as much as megan holding her baby oh gosh yeah i don't i'd never even seen that story I do think it's ridiculous they brought it up, but we need yes. to abolish the monarchy. Get them out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I'm sorry. You went from level one to level 100. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Because I was, I was literally speaking um, about this to my sister the other day. Yeah. Why are we paying for this? Like, in general, yeah, there's this thing in Britain. Oh, like we hate people who 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 are scroungers and you know living off the state and blah 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 blah. Like Channel Five have made a fortune programs like that, living on benefits and blah blah blah. blah. There is a real hatred for people who can't um, all the way fend for themselves or need help from the state. Why are we funding this? You know, this hereditary lavishness. You know, you're born into wealth that is paid for by us absolutely makes no sense. And the fact that they, that a, a black woman was hounded out of that very institution only serves to, you know... Can I just add that for me? Go on. Just to, I think this was another point that I forgot earlier, is that what you were saying about how they basically hounded her and bullied her out of this country, mm. I just find it funny how Prince William is praised for being a mental health advocate and a mental health ambassador. Mm. Yet at the same time, the same media that praises him for being a mental health advocate and praises him for promoting mental health awareness and the importance of speaking out and being kind to people and being respectful because you never know what they're going through, is the same media that can then turn around and write such hurtful and despicable things about Mm. Megan. It's just... ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous you know what yeah you've just raised a great point about the media number three we need to get all the murdoch owned media out of here as well (laughs) because they are so toxic like he owns basically almost every newspaper and he owns sky news as well which don't have a good reputation covering these stories but that seem to contribute Um, to this racist hounding the sun daily mail to get out all of them we need to get rid of them now okay <laughs> point three it's, it's absolute. and the thing is that like just on an unrelated note to Meghan Markle but just more in terms of like mental health and the role that the media plays should we not have learned from somebody like Caroline Flack about mm-hmm. the damn effects of of toxic media articles and what mm-hmm. that can do to a person yeah it's just like just creating false stories, creating false narratives, bullying, harassing a person to the point where they can consider suicide and then actually go through with it. Yeah. Uh, Ridiculous. Because we, sorry, but we don't know the, we don't know the mental health state of Megan. She's made it clear to us. 
she's told us how, how much, you know, how depressed it's made her, how much it's really affected her. But there is just no empathy whatsoever for it. She cried on camera and people called her a great actress. Do you remember it's that? Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's ridiculous. And this was right after having her baby as well, I think, was when yes. she came out to us about this this is a person who is a first-time mother maybe suffering from god knows what like i don't want to ascribe conditions or symptoms onto her mm. but do you know what i mean and then yeah. she now faced the brunt of british racism and on top of that for her to now go and try and seek comfort in her home country that is america and then have people like trump tweet oh what the hell? Bro, I hate this guy so much. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just a lot for one person to take. Yeah. And it's just, it's ridiculous. This I, this idea, this disenfranchise between what it means to be black and what it means to be a citizen of the UK, it's toxic. It's mm-hmm. absolutely toxic. But yeah, that was a very long discussion on Meghan Markle, British identity, citizenship, and just race in general. Yeah, I hope it was informative. I hope you learned a thing or two. If you didn't learn anything, just remember Elise's words of abolish the monarchy. Let me ask you one final question, yeah. Okay. What is... Oh, wait, no, let me not. <laughs> I was going to ask you this, but yeah. <laughs> I think, do you know what? To the viewers, I think that question will be asked on an episode to come. Let me just put it like that. Okay. to look forward to. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, we hope that uh, you were thoroughly entertained. Uh, if not entertained, then, you know, why are you here? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no. We hope you take something from this and learn, you know, read books, watch films, support support businesses, have conversations. It doesn't have to be a big thing where you go outside and you start screaming Black Lives Matter at the top of your lungs. Mm. But maybe having a discussion with your family, like, oh, what do you guys think about this whole Meghan Markle thing? Or mm. what do you think about this whole the Black British identity? What does it mean to be a citizenship? Those are definitely great conversation starters that will get us into perhaps heated debates but necessary conversations yeah and do you know what also for the black people listening don't think that you always have to you know engage in these these conversations because you don't I think I've checked out of them (laughs) for my own mental health so self-care take care of yourself as well yeah it's not up to you to convince someone that you're a citizen Mm -hmm. it's not convince somebody that you should be treated human you should be treated fairly you should be treated equally if you want to tap out of those conversations by all means tap out yeah and also to anyone listening final point make sure you support forward uk all right follow them on twitter follow them on instagram donate if you can and if not i'm sure they'll uh, love support in any other type of way thank you thank you bye-bye Bye.